Well, how much light do you think exists? How much light do you think there is in the universe? Not just in the, the light we can see now, but all the light that has ever been produced in the 14 billion years the universe has been in existence. How much light do you think has been generated? Do you know the answer? I didn't know the answer. I read an article. A few years ago, a group of astronomers somehow actually counted all the photons, the quantum particles we call light. And they calculated that all the stars in the galaxies that have ever existed in the universe have produced photons to the number of 4 times 10 to the 84th power. That is a 4 followed by 84 zeros. Or 4 trillion, 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 trillion. That's how many photons have been produced. That's a lot of light. Yet for all that heavenly radiance, the brightness of a trillion, trillion stars and galaxies, what we celebrate tonight is the true light. The true light that is coming into the world, which enlightens everyone. In the Gospel according to John, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through Him, and what has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Now we usually associate the Christmas story with that of Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem where Mary gives birth to Jesus in the stable and then lays him in the manger and the shepherds come to visit him. And that is, of course, one of the stories of Christmas. And there's also this other story, the story of the pre-existent word who was with God in the beginning through whom all things came into being. The birth of stars and galaxies and all the other things that have come into existence. And we celebrate at Christmas this story, the story of the Word who became flesh and lived among us. And this story is a cosmic story. As mystic and theologian Richard Rohr says of the season of Advent, he says, we're not simply waiting for the little baby Jesus to be born. That already happened 2,000 years ago. We're forever welcoming the cosmic Christ. The Christ that is forever being born into human souls and into history. That's what we celebrate this night. The Christ that is forever being born in our souls and into history, who is the true light. And though the Gospel according to John begins with the Word who was with God, it is really about the reality of God being with us. The God who dwells among us. In all of the Gospels, there is something very down-to-earth about Jesus and his ministry. In the Gospel according to John, he turns the simple substance of water into wine. He heals a blind man by mixing dirt and saliva together. He washes his disciples' dirty feet. He raises a stinking corpse from the dead. Jesus is the Word. He is the Word, and the Word has become flesh and lived among us. The Word has become flesh at one time for all time. And how would you describe our time? How would you describe these times that we, that we live in? What came to my mind was the beginning of Charles Dickens' novel, The Tale of Two Cities. He said there at the beginning, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. 
It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. These days, on any given day of the week, I go through feelings of disappointment, happiness, frustration, hope, anger, and confusion. I'm also mindful and sad that many others have suffered and do suffer far, far more than these uncomfortable feelings that I have from time to time. Some people I know are living through their first Christmas or their second Christmas without their spice, spouse, or maybe just another Christmas without them, without their sister or their mother or their brother or their father. For all the bright radiance of the Christmas season, for some, it may still seem dark. And still, the light shines in the darkness. And if it weren't for the darkness that we experience from time to time, how can we see the light? If we're dark, how can we see the light? Sometimes it is in the dark where we experience God. It is where we see God. Sometimes it is in the dark that we find the light and the source of our salvation. Years, years before he commanded the Apollo 13 mission to the moon, as depicted in the movie Apollo 13, great movie if you haven't seen it, recommend it. But before then, astronaut Jim Lovell was a naval aviator. And when he was a young pilot just out of flight school, Lovell was sent out on a training flight on a dark, moonless night somewhere off the coast of Japan. And he had taken off from the flight deck of the aircraft carrier, and typically he and his, those in his flight group would rendezvous at 1,500 feet, climb up to 30,000 feet, and cruise at that altitude for 90 minutes and then return back to the aircraft carrier. And on this night, though, after he and the others had taken off, the training flight was canceled due to bad weather. And the pilots were told to go around or orbit the ship for 30 minutes to burn off fuel before they could land. So following these orders, Lovell flew out ahead of the ship and the other planes. And when he arrived back where he thought the other ship, where the ship and the other planes would be, they weren't there. The automatic direction finder on his plane told him that that's where the ship and the planes should be, but they weren't there. And what Lovell didn't know is that his automatic direction finder on his plane had somehow picked up the homing signal of a tracking station on the Japanese coast that was leading him out to sea, the opposite direction of the ship and the planes. And not finding the ship or the planes, Lovell started to get a little nervous. And so he radioed the carrier and told them that I have seemed to have lost, I've seemed to have lost my wingmen, and I'm going to reverse course and see if I can find them. And they said, well, take your time and find them. And Lovell, thought that maybe the homing frequency that the automatic direction finder was looking for had changed without him knowing it. So he dug out this clipboard that he kept in his plane that had a list of the frequencies on it. And in the past, he had found that list of frequencies, the small print, hard to read in the dark. And so he had fashioned himself a sort of flashlight that he could attach to the clipboard that he could plug in to the airplane. And when he did that, on this night, when he plugged that thing in, it short-circuited something in the plane's instrument panel, and all the instruments went dark, from bad to worse. And luckily, he had this small pin light, which he held in his mouth, casting a little light, but that didn't seem to work, so he turned that little pin light off. And so here he was on a plane, lost at sea, in the dark. His automatic direction finder didn't seem to be working, and he couldn't see his instrument panel. 
So how is he going to make it back to the aircraft carrier? He could radio, he could radio the, the, the aircraft carrier and request that they turn the ship lights on, but he didn't want to do that and face the extreme embarrassment of that action and perhaps ruining his future aviating career. Uh, he could uh, request an emergency landing in Japan or he could have ditched the airplane and just waited for the aircraft carrier or someone to pick him up out of the water. And as he considered these options, and after his eyes got used to the dark, he noticed something down in the water. There appeared to be a faint glow coming from the water below him. And what he was seeing was the, was the faint glow of phosphorescent algae that had been churned up by the propellers in the water. And so he began to follow this, this trail and eventually found his ship and the other planes in his group. He still had the task of landing the plane in the dark without instruments, but he did that successfully. It was only after turning out that little pin light that he could see the true light, the true light which would save him and bring him home. And God's salvation is like that. That's what God's salvation is like. Uh, it is in the dark where we see the true light. And when it all comes down to it, God is the God of both light and dark, of dark and light. All things came into being through him. You know, those trillion, trillion stars and galaxies have produced light, as I said, four times ten to the 84th power. Yet for all of that light, what we celebrate tonight is the true light, Jesus Christ, who enlightens everyone, who forever is being born into our souls and into history. And for all the bright radiance of this Christmas season, for some, it may still seem dark. And yet the light does shine in the darkness, even if it glows faintly. Sometimes it is in the dark that we find the light and the source of our salvation. For the light that shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Amen. Amen.